let's go. G'day and welcome to the next episode, episode 31 of Two Red Chairs. I am your host, Frank, as always, sitting in the proverbial red chair because it's down in storage, whatever. Um, but we're here another week and it's a new episode and we have a new guest. I was going to say a special guest. Yeah, she's special. She's a special, special guest. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. Marianne Bjornsson from Oslo, Norway is here sitting in the second proverbial red chair this week uh, talking about an experience she's had with uh, getting to where she is now in her design life as a solo female entrepreneur running her own branding business in Oslo. But the story that led up to that of, of creating her process, running a business, helping her clients, uh, came from very interesting beginnings and um, where she got to was even working in agencies like Interbrand, which I kind of freak out halfway through our chat about that and go, what? Interbrand? Um, and, and then at the end of the conversation or towards the end of the conversation, we start chatting a bit about finances. Marion has a great tip about how she's uh, organized a system for her finances so that there's no financial overwhelm that influences her creativity. Uh, I, I'm feeling this at the moment myself is that finances can get in the way and, and cloud your creativity. So because all if all you're focused on is making money and not for, you know, I want to make all the money like Scrooge McDuck kind of thing. But if you are stressed about money, you're concerned about money, you might have a family like I do and you're the provider of your family that, you know, money and finances can take its toll on you in terms of stress, uh, worry, angst, uh, even depression in extreme cases. And this system that Marianne has, has uh, developed is one I've, I've heard before. It's something that I've not actually done myself. I've done part of what she explained, but it gave me a bit of a kick up the bum to think, I need to, I need to really do this as well um, because I think it will give me that clarity. And I'm not going to get into it anymore because you'll hear it towards the end of our chat. Um, but here is my chat with Marianne Bjornsson. Marianne, welcome to uh, Two Red Chairs here. You're sitting in the proverbial red chair. We're, neither of us is, are sitting in a red chair, but we'd like to think we are. Um, welcome to the show. Can I ask you to introduce yourself in your own words and, uh, and share with us a bit about who you are, where you're from, and what it is you do, and maybe how long you've been doing it for now? Thank you so much, Frank. Uh, thank you for letting me part of uh, your show. Um, well, my name is Marianne Borison or uh, Marianne Bødesen, as I would pronounce it. Um, and I'm a 43-year-old graphic designer uh, from uh, Norway. I live and work in Oslo. And I have been a designer since 2005. So for actually a very long time now. Um, I uh, run my own one-man band, uh, <laughs> a mini branding agency. Um, I also do strategy and copywriting and illustration, and my company's name is uh, Creative Garden. 
So yeah, and I do uh, help small and medium-sized businesses. Nice, nice. So we're a fellow fellow branding designer here. We've had a few on the show of late, which is nice. It's always good to chat to someone that does a very similar thing to me. I don't do the illustration side of things. That's that's the one part I guess I lack out of uh, the repertoire. My wife is the illustrator of this uh, dynamic duo of, of ours. Um, <laughs> Marianne, you have a story to, to share with us here on Two Red Chairs. Um, I'll, I'll let you take it back to where this all started and take it to wherever you want it to go. And then throughout it, I'll ask some questions probably, follow up things, and uh, we can have a nice chat about um, what it is you want to share with us. So I'll leave this to you now. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, well, I'll start a little bit about my story. Um, I am... Um, when I was finished uh, at high school, I had actually no idea what I was going to become when I uh, <laughs> was a grown-up. And so I decided to study psychology. I figured um, it's probably something I can use in uh, my future endeavors somewhere. Um, so I, had, I did a bachelor in psychology. And after those years, I didn't, didn't know what I was going to be, become. Uh, a friend of mine uh, gave me a tip to uh, go traveling and working in Walt Disney World in Florida. Um, so I did. I was a waitress for a year in Walt Disney World. How good is that we've had in we've Echo. had we've had two people now that have worked at Disney World for Disney kind of Brilliant. yeah in Brilliant. Florida yeah that's the second person now that's amazing <laughs> she was American though well, it's, but, uh, yeah. it's an important year in my life I guess that's awesome. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you don't earn that much money when you're waitressing. The money you earn, though, is the tip. So if you do a good job, you earn money. Course, and um, so you're kind of an independent uh, business owner, if that makes sense, even though you're working in the big Walt Disney World. Um, so And it, it gave me a year to think as well, like what I actually wanted to do. Uh, when I came back to uh, Norway again, I decided to enroll in a graphic design school. So I went to a private school because there wasn't any official um, uh, graphic design schools back then. I uh, did two years. And then I decided that I actually wanted a degree in graphic design. And because you can get them, those in uh, Norway, I decided to travel abroad again, again. Uh, and this time I went to the UK. I studied graphic design and illustration at University of Hertfordshire um, and uh, got a bachelor there. And then the last year I won a student award and the prize was actually a, a placement, which is exactly what students want anyway. Oh yeah, um, which never get, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> If only. It was actually a paid placement. Oh, we got, even better. Uh, That's even better. Uh, Love it. Big, big um, price. I, mean, I think we earned like £200 uh, a week or something before tax. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Better, anyway, better, better um, than getting coffees and doing nothing, like getting paid nothing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so the placement was in packaging. Uh, after three months, there was a junior who quit and I then started working in corporate identity. So in the corporate identity team, I worked there for three years, um, learned a lot about branding. This was interbrand, um, big brands. Yeah, you know, you, you learn how to talk to big clients basically. Uh, and Wait, then just, after that, just quickly, I- that was, Did you say you're working at yeah. interbrand? Yeah. 
Well, okay. Yep. Okay. That's some serious level stuff then. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt there. I was just very curious if that was actually interbrand. Yes. Carry it on. Was actually <laughs> Carry brand, on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after three years, I uh, worked, uh, started working in um, Creative Leap. So uh, Interbrand was about 100 people working there. And then Creative Leap was about 10 people. And then I started in design culture. Design culture was just two people, uh, startup business. I was the first person they employed. So I went from being highly um, uh, specialized to being just a normal amount of work and then doing everything yourself kind of thing. And I really enjoyed the, the, um, the different kinds of jobs that I got. Um, then I moved back to Norway again and I uh, freelanced for half a year. And then I got a job in a, a big branding agency in Oslo called Kruna. Um, and then I got really, really ill. And I was away from work for a couple of years. Um, and after that, I decided that if I wanted to, um, I wanted to uh, look at uh, the kind of jobs that I really enjoyed doing. And I really enjoyed working with the smaller companies because they were more passionate than the bigger companies. And I figured I could use whatever I've learned over the last uh years <laughs> uh, and make a, a smaller version of it so a cheaper version a simpler version for the smaller clients so they can actually afford it because that was the problem the smaller clients actually couldn't afford the whole package uh, so i made a smaller version they could afford so that's what i'm doing um and i'm really really enjoying it i've done it since uh 2016 around my own company so it's just a one-man band very it's, good uh, though and I think that's a. I'm interested to know there, Marianne, why you'd like working with smaller brands beyond um, them being more passionate. Is it is it because you get to really have, um, like, in comparison at Interbrand or the, the other subsequent agencies that you worked for and businesses? I would imagine that you had the bigger they were, you had less kind of buy-in into the process. You were one kind of smaller cog in the wheel. And that when you went to smaller and smaller agencies and now yourself, you have, it's all on you kind of thing. And I wonder if yeah. that's something that you thrive on more um, than being one piece of the puzzle, let's say. Definitely. I mean, um, when you're in a huge agency, you kind of feel like a, a sheep, if that makes sense. Like yeah, you're yeah, one for in sure. the <laughs> And then when you're by yourself, you, you really have to challenge yourself every day day and you have to learn new things every day and um, you have to um, really learn to communicate with the client if that makes sense like they you're doing this together with the client um, you're not just doing it by yourself they, you're just uh, working with them more than at them if that makes or sense. for them yeah exactly so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah having that partnership mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's that's what I always wonder about those who do decide to go off into starting their own business. I mean, this, this is this is one big reason why I wanted to start my own business was I didn't like the idea of, I mean, I, I don't mind team, like the idea of team, it, it works. But for me, I, I much prefer working when it's all on my shoulders. That sounds really like, yeah. crazy because there's so much pressure on you to be the person that delivers X, Y, Z from A through to Z kind of thing. Um, 
and I think it's one of those things with with designers that we want to see the whole process play out. But when you're in an agency setting, you only get a fraction of the deliverable that, that comes out of it, and you can't feel like yeah. it's yours type of thing. That like you've like I don't want to see my own work as my own. It's it's my clients. I'm doing it for them and for their customers. But you have a sense yeah. of pride and ownership on something. And like when I worked in television they say, oh, what are you working on? I said, oh, this show on TV. They're like, oh, that's so amazing. It's like, yeah, but I'm not the one like shooting it and making costumes and all the graphics and everything. Doing like one tiny little piece of it never really feels like the whole gamut of things. And and for me, like Mm -hmm. I wanted to start out as a designer, as a like an animator for like Pixar movies, but then kind of realized how insignificant my little thing, my contribution be like, there's my scene. It was like one second. Like it was like five yeah. times. And you're like, oh, damn, they got yeah. cut out. Like it, it really didn't sit well with me that I wouldn't have as much buy-in. And it, it sounds like you're of a similar mindset that you, you feel like you can sink your teeth in a bit more and, and really help someone and, and really uncover what's going on in their head because it's not like Chinese whispers from uh, an account manager that comes to you or to the person exactly. in market and then funnels down yeah. to the last person. I mean, it's, it feels like um, like first doing the strategy and then doing the sign uh, that is building on the strategy. Yep. You actually really learn how to, uh, or you, you learn to know your client and you're just translating their feelings basically onto something visual. Yep. Um, and it makes you use your whole brain, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you have to feels think strategically like and visually and yeah, it, it gives a lot of energy solving that puzzle basically exactly exactly and then that's i think for a lot of designers they might not particularly like the whole gamut of things and that's why i guess we some of us specialize into certain areas um but i guess if if you're doing strategy and and design this is my gripe with, with strategic ways of going about branding especially is that some people aren't suited to that you don't need to be that person you can be the person that's just the visual side of things and maybe yeah. your your place isn't in in business it might be working for somebody in business to really excel um so there's exactly. i think it's one of those things you start seeing a lot of more people starting their own business and going oh i could do that too it's like yeah but you gotta do like all of the things uh, it can be very challenging and communicating and, and so i wonder how how you feel about um, that kind of weight of being able to communicate. Do you find that is natural for you to communicate with your clients at this level as opposed to how you might have felt working in an agency? Um, the big difference to me is that it takes a very short time saying um, we, like we are yeah. creating this brand. Like when you're a small business, you become part of their team, if that makes sense. If uh, when I was in a bigger agency, it was us and them. Yeah. So the division is much smaller. Like you, you're much closer to your clients. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. really interesting. They become friends. Yeah, that, that's such an interesting way of putting it. I, I've never really considered that, that it's like us versus, it's not versus, but it's like us and them. And you, yeah. like, I guess as an agency, you, you're trying to flex because you think you know best and there's all those exactly. so many people and there's yeah. so many heads <laughs> and egos and all the rest of it from creatives and non-creatives and even, mm. you know, financial people getting involved, which just creates such a headache from a creative perspective. <laughs> it's stifling. Um, but even legal people can do it at other stages as well. Um, 
but that's sort of getting away from the point i, I guess for for you then with that communication um was it when you first started out a bit of a challenge being able to articulate how you were going to help that person um or did it did it just feel like oh this is so much easier like my my, my process I, here feels much easier um well i knew what i was good at uh, but I did actually take a, a class, like when I started my own business, I took a class um, where we were challenged to find um, our own uh, unique selling point, I guess, okay. yep. <laughs> taking your own strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and that really helped um, crystallizing what I actually could help other people with. And when you know yourself, then you can actually tell them <laughs> much yeah. easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And do you have uh, a kind of a system in place that you, you work with that um, I guess you apply to those projects that you have from clients sort of time and time again that you can kind of fall back on um, and feel confident that you can nail that that project and really help them? Yeah, I have a, yeah, a system always works. Like yeah, it's it's a, in the stages, like you, you have to start on uh, uh, A and then B and then C and then D. And if if they only want uh, D, yep. I'm not their designer, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, to me, it's uh, you have to have the strategy part first. If not, I'm not enjoying it that as much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and is that based on trial and error of, of, of giving it a go? Yeah. yeah, so you've had instances yeah. where clients only wanted D and you just did it and then yeah. it, it just didn't work out? Exactly. Okay. Good. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes, and sometimes they go, "We just want a logo," and I can say, "Okay, that's okay." Yep. And then I have to kind of uh, swallow my passion a little bit, but that's okay uh, <laughs> for, for for some jobs. But I know that the the bigger client, the uh, like small clients, but still bigger work, yep. and you work with for a longer period of time, it gives so much more um, energy back to me. Sure. Yeah, of course. It's interesting you brought that up only because I'm going through a, a similar uh, project at the moment where a client believed that they had all the strategic kind of core part of their branding in, nailed down. Um, I'm not too sure yeah. if they do or not, but it, it seems like they kind of do in a sense. Um, and they, they just want a logo. And I haven't done just a logo for a client um, as yet in my business, I've done them before I started my business and everything for friends, friends or family. Um, and for me, this is just a bit of a case study in my own mind of whether or not this works, <laughs> if you can or not, or of me sticking to my guns for clients that do come and say, Hey, I just want a logo. And you go, I can't really help you unless we do all of this, which is my exactly. gut, which is, which is what my gut is telling me. It's like, you can't help this person unless we do this. Because it's not going to work. It, it the system that you've had in place for these people has worked out brilliantly because you've done this. Um, yeah. And so I'm I'm glad you've got to that point of realization. It's not to say that I, <laughs> I haven't. I'm just really curious to see if I can nail it. Still, it's a challenge to myself to really pull my finger out and and figure it out. But um, it's it's very interesting to hear designers when I'm told that from them. It's like I I have yeah. a non-negotiable process, and that's how I feel about my process until I just sort of buckle sometimes. I just want to, I know I can help someone, but um, yeah, you, you kind of crumble a bit sometimes with certain people. Sometimes they don't want help, you know, that's okay. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. a thing to say that you can always, you can always filter off to someone else that 
is is that that's what they excel in. I know people that just do logo design and they do it fantastically yeah. well with exactly, the, exactly. the strategic yeah. part, yeah. the strategical part, let's say. What yeah. uh, what has been your favorite, like in terms of ideal clients, who who is that? Like has there been a favorite project that you were just like, bam, that person. Like if I can replicate that experience that I gave that person and what they were looking for, I would be a very happy woman here doing this. Well, um, I actually have to say my current clients. I have um, a client that I've been working for uh, over the whole COVID period. Yeah. And they have been absolutely brilliant to work with. I mean, it, it really feels like I'm part of their family, if that makes sense. That's so good. So they are very close-knit and I have become part of their close-knit um, um, company. Um, and they're very um, open and they still have a lot of... Uh, uh, they, they think a lot by themselves as well, sure. if that makes sense. But oh, they, they, they want my help. Yep. Uh, and uh, and we've done strategy, we've done uh, identity, I've done the website. Um, because of COVID, it takes a little bit more time now. And sure. um, the economy is up and down and it might be launching in uh, August or something. Okay. But it's been such a pleasure working with them um, so far. So did they come uh, to the table? Yeah, if all my clients were like that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Can I ask in terms of that client then, were they were they educated enough to know what they kind of needed? Like they had an inkling of what they needed or were they the client that came to you looking for a, just a logo? Uh, I think they're in between like in between? some of them actually knew that they needed something else and some of them said that we probably just needed a logo and website okay and because i wasn't um uh, alone in knowing that they needed something more it was easier to to convince them yeah that they needed something more so yeah and they were they've so been they, pretty, i'm guessing they, they've been pretty open with the whole process then, yeah by the sounds of things yeah yeah yeah. But then, I mean, my job is to be open uh, for them as well. So I have to understand what they want to communicate. And I have to know their uh, world, basically. Their, um, uh, yeah, the way they, their marketplace, their, um, yeah. So it's a, it's a different world, but it, yeah. it, I've learned so much from it. So, are, are they in a uh, a niche? Sorry, I'm I'm just quite interested in in that you found like a really great client because I found one myself uh, last year too. I'm wondering with yeah. with them um, throughout that kind of process, have you seen like a level of enthusiasm that, that it was kind of like that light bulb moment of going, yes, that makes sense. Like, and and all the kind of uh, kind of ducks took a row i don't know what the expression is but just everything lined up perfectly for them to kind of realize oh we've made like a great investment here this is something that's going to help us you know internally just as much as it is externally um yeah i mean it's i've been working with them for a long time yeah. but it has been uh periods where they they come like yeah this is exactly what we uh want we didn't know that this was what we wanted, but this is exactly what we wanted. That's and just good. hearing that, this is this is how we are. How did you know that this is how we are? <laughs> yeah, it's like and um, so basically translating them. Yeah. It's, it's 
been brilliant. That's amazing. Um, both in strategy and in design, actually. And the illustration as well. I've done a lot of illustrations for them. So oh, I have so to good. use my brain for this. Yeah. Everyone's probably going to be wondering this, Marianne. What kind of industry are they in? We don't need to talk about who exactly they are, but what, what is it that they do? They actually uh, are in book printing. Oh, nice. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's low tech, but they are high tech. They are high tech in in uh, book printing, cool. so and they're they're uh, they're very much into um, um, the the paper should come from sustainable sources and you know so cool you can make a good, a good brand one. out of that then yeah it has some yeah. substance and some purpose that's amazing or a mission let's yeah. should I say um, exactly I've had I had a similar experience with with a guy I'm actually meeting with this week again to to do his website for one of his businesses and when he first approached me and said, Hey, uh, I'm looking to do branding. I was like, what? There's someone in my local area that knows what branding is. This is amazing. And I uh, went and met up with him and he, he pulled out like this notebook and it was pages and pages he'd written. And I'm not talking like a small notebook, like an, like an A4, like proper size book, full page, top to bottom, double sided and probably like six to 10 pages of his mm. why, his how, and his what. And Brilliant. like kind of journaled of every day, like something, a new thought about his businesses. And he had two businesses and we branded both of them. And I was like, you are next level. I don't think I'm ever going to find someone like you again that's doing half the work for me, um, yeah. but, but gets it and, and realizes what that impact is going to be for him. Um, and his mm. business, even if he is right now a one-person kind of band like the two of us are around our own yeah, businesses, yeah. his aspirations are to be bigger and better. And um, and I was just like, damn, man, <laughs> all you need is a logo kind of thing here. I can yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you do, you're doing a lot of hard work. But he wanted to, to ensure that what he had going was on the right track. Like he wanted that second opinion of someone that, that knew this stuff too. And whether or not mm. he, he was getting it right for his customers and, and the people that he wanted to attract. And I was like, if people don't realize what you've got going on here and what we're going to make here and we can create a story yeah. behind it, then I don't know what else you could do. I mean, there's, exactly. there's nothing else you can do. Like <laughs> this is branding. Um, you just have to market it now and, and sell really well. But uh, it's it's such a pleasure when you have those people that come along and, and just know what they're in for, not necessarily exactly, but just that gut feeling of, I think this is something that I definitely need and I'm going to find value at it and I'm happy to pay for it. Whereas some, you know, they question the price and the, what you get for you, what you pay for. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I had, had a small client now just before Easter. And she had done all of her uh, hard work herself, all the strategy herself. Okay. And the 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 um, what she need was quite small, um, and maybe the project was a bit too small. Sure. Uh, but because she had done all the, or her budget was too small, basically. But because her her uh, she had done all the strategy herself and had been doing a lot of thinking beforehand mm-hmm. i agreed to the project because there was a lot of things i didn't have to do because yeah. she had already done it and that's so, yeah having that foundation yeah. that's what i'm hoping for that client i mentioned before for me yeah, to yeah. do their logo i'm hoping there's enough there to kind of work off and learn a bit more yeah. about them but 
Yeah, that, that, that's really, really interesting. Marion, is there anything else you'd like to share with those that are listening? If it was a tip in that process that you found has worked for you, that system that you have that you might want to pass on to somebody here before we uh, we finish up here? Um, well, um, I um, I don't know if it, we have time for that, but I have oh, a, a created, a, I've created a um, financial system for myself. Oh, amazing. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if uh, if we have time. Yeah, yeah, let's that. go for it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, no, because um, when I was an employee, employee, uh, you get your money every month, yep. and it really is a nice thing to to get. But uh, when you work for yourself, it's really hard to have the structure. Oh, tell and, me about uh, it. When I start, yeah, <laughs> uh, when I started by myself, um, um, when the clients pay the invoices, they were paid into my personal account. It was was really messy i knew that i should take away the vat i knew i should take away the tax money but i kind of thought well i'll i'll look into it in it's future, all mine kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly money yeah. money um so um but I, then i realized that I, actually i can't be really creative um if i'm worried about money if i'm stressed about money i i need a, a safe system i'm i've basically i realized i spend too much energy energy trying not to think about my economy yeah that makes sense. for sure i feel, uh, I feel so, I, I, yeah. i'm right there with you at the moment I, i've got to admit i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so um so what i did was actually I did it in two stages. First stage or first step uh, was basically looking at my own expenses. This used to be hard work. Like you have to look at uh, all your bills and and uh, and receipts yeah. and everything. But a I adulting. mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the moment, it's really at least in Norway. I'm guessing you have the same in in uh, Australia. Um, you can actually just go on your internet bank and they have this tab and you can see exactly how much money you spend on coffees and how much money you spend them on clothes and yeah, yeah. it's it's much easier than it used to be so um it's a reality i went through check. that <laughs> what did it say it's a reality check for sure a reality check, exactly it's yeah. so much easier not to push that button yes. than to do it but <laughs> when you do it's actually really nice to have done it yep uh, and I went through all of my bills and I realized um, I, I remortgaged. I um, changed my internet uh, bills. I changed everything. And I realized I could actually slash it by a third. Wow. My expenses, I could slash it by a third. Amazing. And it was really eye opening. Like, oh my God, I actually don't need to spend all the money that I. Yeah. that i'm spending yeah. um and um the goal here wasn't to um to uh, to pay the least amount of money for everything but the goal was to know what my base um uh, amount of money is basically and then add a little bit more just because life happens yes basically. of course yes definitely um so, yeah. and then so that was the first part and then the second part was actually to in my brain differentiate between my personal money and my business money so i went to a business bank i opened a business account and i said i'm a businesswoman and you know yes. official yes I love it. <laughs> and now, now this is quite normal for a lot of people but what i decided to do after this was actually to set up four more accounts 
So that's my system. I have five accounts in my business bank. So the top account is my um, business account. That's the only account that has a card to it. Um, And uh, that's for my business expenses only. Then the second account is my inbox account. I call it my inbox account because that's uh, the, the account where when people pay their invoices, that's where they, that money comes in. And then the third account is my VAT account. My fourth account is my tax account. And the fifth account is the buffer account. Ooh. That's the holy grail, the buffer account. Would you call that um, your like your runway kind of... If, if work kind of dries up, that's when you tap into your buffer account? Correct. Okay. Correct. That's amazing. So um, I decided that... Um, uh, like, like if you do work for equivalent of $100, uh, um, then your invoice is for 125 because you have to add the VAT on top of that. So suddenly, bling, you have $125 uh, onto your account. Jeez, that is, then is that could, 25%? Is, is 25% that, is VAT. Wow, that's an amazing yeah. amount of money for about, ours is 10% here. Really? Yeah, 10%. yeah, yeah, yeah. As it's called GST, it's it's a similar system, but yeah, it's ten percent. I thought ten percent was enough, but I think we're going to be increasing no, no, to fifteen at some point. Yeah, twenty-five. Wow. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Sorry. So yeah, I'll put uh, twenty-five um, pounds. Oh, I mean, sorry, dollars onto my um, VAT account. Yep. Yep. Then I, uh, in Norway, we have this um, rule of thumb that you should put thirty-five percent okay. uh, on the tax. Like yep. put 35% uh, onto the tax account. So that means $35 on the tax account. And that means that what what's ever left in your inbox account is your money. Or actually, it's your business. It's your business. Money. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so not your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not my money. It's my business money. Definitely. So I put that onto my business account. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and I'm just... I, yeah, I've decided that um, a healthy business account for me is uh, between the equivalent of three thousand uh, dollars and four thousand five hundred dollars. Okay. So if I if that amount is on my business account, then I'm happy. Cool. So cool. sometimes you have big invoices being paid. Yeah, it's lovely. And <laughs> whenever there's more than $4,500 on your business account, that then goes over to your buffer account, the holy grail. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. And so do you uh, do you pay yourself in a weekly or yes. a fortnightly? Weekly? Monthly. Monthly. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's what I, I was used to from before. And sure. because I've done my numbers on my expenses, my personal expenses, I know how much money I should pay myself yep. every month. If, uh, a month yeah Fine. that's such yeah. a like i've heard of this system before of having several accounts and we do that for our personal finances my wife read this amazing mm. book here in australia it's called the barefoot investor and he's uh yeah. i think his name's scott pape and he wrote a really great book of how to separate your finances for um if you had a mortgage for paying off credit cards um for your rent or all, all the different things that you have to... So we have like eight or nine different accounts in our personal account, all these like buckets, yeah. and it works out fantastically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife did it really, really good. So we've got a nice bit of savings there because of it. Yeah. With the business account, though, we started that, but with an Excel spreadsheet rather than having several different business accounts. 
though I'm thinking now that this is probably a good idea to do exactly how you are doing it because I always see that money it really going, works. Yeah, uh, every time I see yeah. the, the account there and the business account, because I did separate my finances from day one, I knew that yeah. <laughs> that I had to do that, otherwise I was screwed. Um, and especially now that our, our business is a company now, so it has to be separate. Um, yeah. But I always see that money and go, oh, I've got that much runway, divide that by my weekly wage that I take and we've got that many weeks. It's like, no, 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 there's tax, there's, there's superannuation for retirement and there's, there's all like, right. oh, I'm just like, mm, I'm not seeing it right. So I need to do this. I think that's going to be something that could be a game changer. And if you're listening yeah. to this as well, heed Marianne's words here because she's not the only one that does this. I definitely know that. I've heard this several times from different people is to separate out your finances so that way you don't get greedy or you don't lose sight of what you owe certain people exactly. so that way you don't get to the end of your tax year and go, oh, or if you do tax quarterly like I do, again, it's like, ooh. So it's like four hits in a year and you're like, oh, my Lord. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's no, a really good system. It, used, uh, it was, um, I mean, this system was born from just the need of stability and need of uh, having a monthly payday, yep. the need of uh, just boring stuff, basically, yeah. safe net. <laughs> yeah. Course. But actually, it's been amazing. Yeah. Like, it's been really, really good on so many levels because um, the clients that I work with, they usually don't have that much um, cash flow anyway. Sure. So by having my buffer account, I can say that you don't have to pay. We, we can split that invoice up to smaller parts over a longer period of time sure. because I'm not as desperate for their money as I used to be. Yeah. And they are really, really happy about this, of course, because they know that they can afford it and they need money for other things than my invoices. <laughs> and I can also say, I can also say no to really like um, painful clients. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like, of course. I'm, yeah, of course. I'm just checking with my uh, buffer account and yeah, I don't have to take that job. I'm sorry, I'm so busy right now. So I, I can't do it. That's great. Um, and it's actually given me so much freedom because I can now, I know exactly how much money I can uh, spend. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been traveling on, uh, like uh, festivals uh, before COVID, of course, yeah. traveling to um, to Brighton uh, by myself to yeah. a design festival there and yeah. to Hamburg. Yep. I met some lovely people and you can go classes, take classes and travel. And it's been really good for personal growth and uh, becoming a better designer. Yeah, that's fantastic. Can I ask you um, as well, can I ask you with um, your finances there, Marion, did you work kind of backwards because you did mention your personal finances there and, and this is something I've, I've uh, made content about on G'day Design Life of, and, and several other people have. It's not a new idea of working backwards from what you need to make in a year like for your own personal uh, lifestyle and then figuring out what you needed each month and then going, okay, my business needs to earn this much for me to be able to sustain my lifestyle. Was that how you kind of worked it? Um, kind of, yeah, but it was, I'm, I'm, I read the Michael Gender book. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yes, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, I read it after uh, having organized my, ah, my gotcha. financial. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think to, I, I did it the other way. I think I did um, a month by month first, knowing okay. what my expenses were, yep. my personal expenses first. And, but, also knowing my uh, monthly 
Omar, we uh, hourly pay rate had to be a certain amount to make this yeah, we'll um, enough money for for the whole year. So yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be a, a whole year thing, but if it, if you're working based on monthly and you know how you how much you need to kind of make the yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's the exact same principle. It's just if you wanted to look at it a, a yearly yearly amount, whichever way you want to kind of go about it. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> that that added some extra little tips there um, for those of you listening. Yeah. Please heed this bit of advice. And you know what? The the um, the best part is that the VAT uh, account and the tax account yep. actually creates a buffer as well, because your your uh, your VAT bill and your tax bill are always lower than the money that you yes. put aside for. Yes. Yes. So to yes. me, that money is actually my bonus. Yes, it is. It's a lovely feeling. I had that my first year. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had. When we started our business, we didn't have any uh, runway to speak of. I quit my job. The next day, I started this business. Yeah. And luckily, I had Brilliant. my former employee on a retainer. So we had a recurring monthly you know, um, invoicing coming through. And at the end of the financial year, we were holding aside and, and making like in our Excel spreadsheet, which we no longer used, but we need to bring this back, I think, um, mm. is it had set aside how much we were spending or having to hold aside in tax. And we were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, 30%. And once it got to the end of the financial year, we sat down with our accountants over, over lunch. <laughs> it was very civilized. And uh, they were like, this is your position here of where you're at. You have something like $50,000 saved. I was like, what? Okay. That's fantastic. That's a great bit of runway. And that's helped us throughout the last couple of years, especially now after COVID. And, uh, that's that's really a really great way of, of having forced savings. Um, mm. it, it, it's translating in other aspects of our life where we've got forced savings happening. But in business, that's a really great way to do it. If you set those limits of, of an average of what is recommended for you, 35. In Australia, you can do 30. Yeah. Typically, it's less than 30. But then also your expenses are offset to your, your tax amount, they become deductions of your taxable amount. Mm. And, and even, I don't too sure if VAT is the same as GST here, where if you have, if you collect GST, but you also pay GST, they even themselves kind of out if you've, the difference kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So it'd probably be the same in any other financial system around the world if you have VAT or you have GST um, and and realize those things that can play in your favor if you do have expenses if it's your even paying your own accountant has can you know incur those fees too so amazing I'm glad we covered this so no one's brought this up yet so (laughs) I'm glad we got to got to it um, that a fellow designer is really thinking about their business in a financial way as well that's that's fantastic to share Mary thank you so much it's just so I can be creative because if I have the framework, yeah. then I don't have to think about it. Exactly. So it exactly. comes back to me. It's a yeah. nice it's a nice revolutionary circle of it just it, it can yes, perfect. Very symbiotic. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Marianne. Thank you so much for letting me come to your show. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Okay, Frank's back here, and uh, that was my chat with Marianne, all the way from Oslo, Norway. She's fantastic. Um, I always have a great chat with her on Instagram, 
about all the good things of design and branding and, and we share some stories um, back and forth. So it was really great to have her on the show finally um, and for her to share her story with you. I'm sure you can relate with um, some of the things that Marion has experienced and maybe you've picked up some tips here out of this episode of what she was talking about in terms of her process for her financial business situation, but also the even personal finances. We, we talk a little bit about that as well. Now, if you want to connect with uh, Marianne here, you can find her on Instagram at creativegarden.no um, or she has another Instagram account, which is gardensquare underscore. So just that little underscore symbol. Um, I'll have it in the show notes as well if you want to refer to it there. Um, but please do connect with Marianne. She's, she's a very, very interesting lady. She is down to earth. She has a good laugh um, and uh, is, is very nice to interact with every now and then when we all get the second to do so in this crazy busy world that we all live in, running our businesses, being creative and doing all the things, all the things. Um, now, if you're listening here on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and subscribe um, to not miss out on these episodes here. We've got through a few now this year. I'm really, really loving the chats that I've had with fellow creatives about their design life. And if you want to do the same, you want to come and sit in the proverbial red chair, you can bring your own if you like. Um, BYO red chairs, that's what I should call the show now. Come on the show, um, share your story that has shaped your design life, your personal life, even as a creative and uh, even your business life, if you do run your own business. I would love to hear your story, ask some questions, have a chat like we uh, did today here with Marianne, and uh, it might be something that you can share and pass on to your fellow creative, that little bit or that tip or that process that you might have that got you out of a bother, uh, got you to where you are now, um, and... I think you'd be surprised of what value you can deliver in something like this type of chat. Um, someone might just message you one day and say, thank you so much for sharing that. That was real game changer for me. I love those moments um, when I've done that for other people and it, it, it just makes you feel all warm and uh, fuzzy inside. It makes you smile. So with that, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you for listening to Two Red Chairs. I'm your host, Frank, and we'll see you in the next episode. Episode 30, uh, 32. Woo! Bye.